Dear Lord, I just thank you for this day, and I thank you that we could be here um, again this week. And thank you for all that you do, and Dan um, speaking to us every week. And I just thank you that we as a band could come and worship you with the rest of the youth group. And thank you for all the work that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week was, was about facing your fears. This week, we're going to talk about finding your motivation. Motivation. If I were to share with you the word um, motiv- motivation, how would you define that? What, what does that mean? What's that? Okay. M- motivation. What pushes you? Okay, good. What pushes you? What else? Someone else. Motivation. What makes you do it? What makes you do it? Okay, what compels you forward, Ken? Inspires. Inspires you. Okay, great words. These are all great words. This is what it says on definition.com because that's always online the right thing to look at. No, I'm kidding. It's not. But this is what they say. The act or process of giving someone a reason for doing something. The act or process. What gives you a reason to do Something, what inspires you, what compels you, what moves you, what everybody just said, to do something. Now, on social media, we see these a lot. Um, People put up uh, these quotes or phrases. Here's one uh, I think we've got that says, don't stop when you're tired, stop when you're done. Some say when you're dead, uh, but but that was a little bit morbid. So uh, you know, don't you know, don't stop, man, don't stop when you're tired because everybody gets tired. Uh, one more that was out there. Aim for the moon. If you miss, you may hit a star. That's oh, I love that one. I always think if you miss, you could hit poop too. I mean, really, uh, I've aimed for the moon and hit rock bottom pretty hard. But still, aim aim high is the whole point, right? Aim high. Don't don't shoot low. Aim high. I just killed everybody's dream. Uh, this is a little blurry, but try, try again this time with me. See, even, and this is a quote from God. So even Christians have these quotes online. One more was, um, give God your weakness and he'll give you his strength. Everybody's like, oh, yes, I'm going to yes. Right? Do you feel that motivation when you read these? There's a couple more that I saw that really these inspire me more than the ones, uh, this one. Motivation. If there's a better reason to paddle, I don't know what it is. Okay, so that's motivation right there. Can we all agree on that? You're in, they are inspired and com- compelled to do something. I, at this point, would walk on water. I don't know about you. This one as well. Um, aim high. What's the worst that could happen? You could die. You could die. So... So I actually like this one a lot. I wish I had this on my wall in my office. Third one, it just reminds me of you guys. Never give up. Never give up. You got to, you, you know what? You will risk everything for that piece of cheese. You, we do that. We, we get dumb. So never, never give up. Now, the question, what motivates you to do well in school? I'm talking to the nerds here. I know that I'm talking to a crowd in here that's like, I'm not motivated at all to do well in school. What do we got? Um, whatever you do, it's going to affect your college choice. Okay. Okay. Whatever what you do now will affect college, and that will affect your life. Ken. Uh, money for grades. Money for grades. That that's a good one, Natalie. My parents will delete all my Legend of Zelda progress. 
Oh, they oh, will take your awesome. gaming progress. That would be, I would just weep for you. I don't really know what all that meant, but I would weep for you. You might like it. You might like it. Hey, wow. whoa. That's a, that's a nerd right there. I love nerds. My son's a nerd. I won't say which one. Uh, so, um, okay, so what motivates you? And, and the front row has been doing a great job of sharing, but, but, but not front row is not allowed to respond because you're doing great. Um, what motivates you to excel in sports? To like run and run five miles in 500 degree heat? Kate, Caitlin. Not wanting to live. I don't want to be last. Is that what that's I'm just trying not to be last. That's my sweetheart and good goals, not be last. Go ahead. The overall result. Man, you, you want to be good at it, right? Scholarships, all right? We do that. Asa. To not be the weakest link. Okay, man, I, I don't I, I don't be left. Noah. To be the best, right? Anybody else? Dalton. To get the W. Okay, right? So we have these things that they, what? Do you all agree these are things that motivate us or inspire us to do well, correct? Okay, what about to impress that guy or that girl? Mm. Some of you actually actually might brush your teeth. You know what I'm saying? Huh? We may go to, we may go to uh, like highfalutin great clips and get our hair done, you know? And, um, and you know, I know, I know for some guys in this room, if you use deodorant twice in a week, there's some girl you're on the prowl for. Your mom. And it's not, not your mom. No, no. no. You're not allowed to talk, remember? You're not allowed to talk. So, the, the question we come to is what motivates us? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you put your faith and trust in him. He's forgiven you of your sins. Your life has been changed, and you are trying to live for him. What motivates us to live for him? What motivates us not just to live for him, but to speak about him intentionally with the people in our world. Inspire people to believe. You want to inspire them to believe, right? With the way that you live and the way that you talk, right? Good. Now, we're going to hit through four points and look at Scripture, four things, and we're going to jump, jump, jump around some. Uh, and we don't do this all the time, but there's some Scriptures here I want you to see. But this is the, the first point. If I were to say, hey, this is why we should share our faith and be motivated. Mo, 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 motivated? I said that with an accent. Uh, this is why we should be motivated to share faith is this. God's love for us motivates us. Okay, God's love for us motivates us. What does that mean? Now, I've got some stories to share. I, I was at um, uh, a cross-country meet yesterday. Uh, and, and Ken came in first. Great job, Ken. Great run. And, uh, and, and the, the coach was like, um, I think the whole Mercy Hill youth group is part of our track team now. Uh, so that's cool. It's cool for it to have a, a presence there. So I, I, I love that. Um, and, um, but I've got to tell you all, when I went to the, the meet yesterday, I had a little bit of PTSD. Uh, that's post-traumatic stress uh, from when I was... Uh, uh, middle middle schooler, can I share that story? Yes, y'all want me to relive it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go through the pain again. I was in the eighth grade. I had a friend in the eighth grade 
uh, we were friends all through grade school named Jimmy Colt. Now, Jimmy Colt was that kid in school, blonde hair, blue eyes, gleaming smile. All the girls loved him. He was the best at soccer. He was the best at running. He was the best at just uh, everything. But he was my best friend because, you know, when you're not the best at something, you get best friends with the person who is the best at something, and that brings you up a notch. So that's just something I learned when I was 13. Um, I don't know if it's right, but that's what I did. So Jimmy Colt talked me into to running track uh, with him because he didn't want, he just wanted, I don't know why, he wanted me to do it. So I said, okay, I'll go run track. So I go to a track meet at Bishop Kenny High School. I know, I know. And uh, it was around back then. And, um, and so I go to this meet and I'm running the 400 meter dash or sprint or exhaustion run. Uh, and that's just, you're supposed to run one time around the track as fast as you can. Uh, and so I was ready for this. I had trained a couple of weeks or three days or something. And so I was ready for this. And so I get up in line. And so we go and I am with the pack and the first turn. But after the first turn, the pack left me. I mean, when I say left me, it was 50 yards from when they finished to when I, I was coming up, which is not very good. Okay. So I come, I know it, it just made me drop everything. <laughs> and so I come to the finish line exhausted. I cannot breathe. I cannot. And my dear sweet mother, who was in the stands, comes down from the stands. My dear sweet mama. And so I'm like, <gasps> and she says, Daniel? And I went, looked up at her and she said, Did you even try? <laughs> I, that was the last track meet I ever ran in, the oh. last race I ever ran in. I couldn't breathe this. I couldn't say anything. I, just, I mean, how do you recover? That's your own mama. I mean, now this was well before participation trophies and how we got to take care of everybody. You know, it was, they just told you the way it was. Like, what, what's, is your leg broke? I mean, that's what sort of what she was saying. Around that same year, I was playing soccer. Uh, I'd been in goal all year, goalie. Our team had not lost a match. It was at the end of the year. uh, And someone had the stupid idea of putting us against the city all-star team. I know. So my dad's out there in the the stands or or the field or sideline. And so we're playing this game. And the only time we got the ball past half, the, the half line was when we, kicked off after a score it was bad it was probably never out of the 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 goalie box more than 30 seconds the entire game at a time so it was just shot after shot by the by halftime the score was five zip the end of the game and i was i was ticked ready to quit this is stupid i'm never going to play again by the end of the game it was eight to zip and i'm in tears i'm i am Dirty, I'm nastied up. And so the coach says, great game, kids. Liar. Okay, and so we got killed. And so we, I walked to the field. There's my dad. And my dad says, son? I said, yes, sir. He said, that's the best game you've ever played. I went, dad, we were playing over here. 
we weren't on that field over there. He says, no, I know it. He said, I said, they scored eight, eight goals. He said, but you stopped 42 of them. He said, I've never seen you play that well before. So I, at that moment, when I'm ready to quit, I hear that, and I'm like, hmm. And I walked off that field ready. Man, I was ready to be the, the next Arnie Mal, Mal, Mauser. You've got to look that up if you don't know who it is. Goalkeeper for the U.S. team back in the 1986 through 90. Amazing guy. Six foot five, I wouldn't, didn't ever quite make that height. But I thought, I'm going to be the, that next guy. No, I didn't. It, it didn't work out. But still, I was motivated to be back, back in it. Why? Because the words of my father, when it was a crashing moment of my life, he said, man, what are you talking about? They only scored eight. They should have scored 50. Uh, and so that... That changed a lot for me. And so we're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to tie this in together here. But my first point is this, is that God's love for us motivates us. God's love for you and for me should compel us, inspire us, move us to share our faith, to speak about him. Ephesians chapter 3 and we're going to read just together. We're going to read begin a few books today. This is the only, the only one we're going to stand to, together in honor of God, God's word. So everybody stand up as, as I read this and just follow along. It says this in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the, fa- the, the Father from whom every family in, in heaven and on, on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend or strength to understand with all the saints, that's all the believers, what is the breadth, which means the width. Breadth means width. The width and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's pray together and we're just going to jump into this text. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I ask that you just just teach us your truth tonight. Uh, and, and, and help us to... Um, be compelled to follow you wherever you lead. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Everybody have a seat. The world is constantly, constantly telling you what you can and cannot do, what you should look like and what you should not look like, who you should be and who you should not be, how much you're worth or more. It's saying to you how much you're not worth. And if you don't fit this mold and look this way, you're just not worth as much as this person right here. The world tells us these things all the time. And when the world does that and it's trying to beat you down, I want you to understand that the, the Father is speaking to you in a, with, with, with truth that should propel you forward. When the world says you aren't worth it, he says, hey, I want you to understand the width, the length, the height, and the depth of my love because it is greater than anything you will ever experience in this world. Anything. 
So, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says this, For our sake, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Okay? Now, this verse says this, For the believer, everybody sins and falls short of the glory of God. We're going to talk about this at the end. We all sin, and, and because we sin, we're separated from God, and we choose, because we sin, to be in rebellion against God. That means we are an enemy of God. And I don't know about you, but enemies of mine, a lot of times I don't want to give them the time of day. I don't want to help them out. I don't want to be nice to them. But God doesn't just be nice or help out. He gives his son to die in your place so that you can have a relationship with God and you can be made right. It makes no sense that we were in rebellion against him. That's how much God loves you. Sometimes some, some of you have been in the church for so long, we sort of forget that. We sort of get numb to this truth that, man, why should I even share? Because God loves us. Um, God's love for us, it, it motivates us. That love that God has for me should compel me to share with others. I need to think about, man, what God has done for me. Next point is this, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9. You can turn there. You know where that is. If not, we'll, we'll have it on the screen. Um, God's love uh, for us motivates us. Step one, step two, our love for others. Others motivates us. Our love for others motivates us. If we don't care about others, we will never share with others. We don't learn to care. We will never share. Matthew chapter 9, beginning actually in verse 35, it says this. Young Stacy, to just follow along, or I think we got the words on the screen. And, 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 and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion. Do you understand? Believer in Jesus Christ, who are called a Christian, which means little Christ, you are called to be like Jesus. So the question, when you see the crowds, not the church folk, but everybody else, when you see them, do you have compassion on them? Do you care about them? Uh, when's the last time you really had compassion for those around you? I love the opportunities to, to, to preach and teach because it forces me sometimes to really dig into the word and search my heart and search things that I'm trying to, I need to be better at. I'm not a very compassionate person. My wife is like nodding, staying quiet, but nodding. I'm just, I'm just not it's something that God is, is working on me. Today, I had an, an instant, I had a staff retreat with the staff last night. We got back around 11 o'clock today. I came in, ran in here to set up some stuff. 12, 15, I'm about to, to head out to lunch. I'm star, starving, you know, starving at that point because food's the most important thing in the world. So I'm, and I see a car parked out in the front of the church. The first thing I think is, how can I sneak out to my car so I can go, go get to lunch because I'm star- starving? That's the first thing. Wrong, right? Okay, but we, we do that. 
And so I, I see the car, and I remember the scripture, and I go, oh, compassion. I need to have compassion. So I walk out, and there's this older guy, about not too much older. He's like 55, but he's simple, a simple guy in sort of a beat-up car. He says, sir? I said, yes. And he said, there was a pastor here who helped me out uh, a few months ago. Uh, with something. And he was, I said, Pastor Nick? He said, yeah, yeah, Pastor Nick. And Pastor Nick is compassionate. That's one of his strengths. And I said, well, what? I said, well, Pastor Nick's not here. And just to let y'all know, just um, Pastor Nick has an aunt who raised him uh, who passed away last night. And she was really a, a, a mama type to him. Uh, so he's gone there today and he'll be there for a couple days. But a lot of y'all know him on so, social me- media. And, and, and you just writing a, a note going, I love you, thinking about you, praying for you. Uh, I'm sorry. You don't have to always, man, what do I say? Just say, I'm sorry, uh, praying for you. That'll mean a lot to him. That's the way that you can even begin to, to practice compassion here. But anyways, I, 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 I see the guy, you know, the guy, he says, I just don't know how to work the Internet. And Nick helped me do some online applications because everything's online. And I need some help to fill them out. So I said, I, I, I'm not real good at it, but I can probably help you get along. So he had everything written on these scrap sheets of paper with his address and his number and a password and something. He wasn't quite sure what it was for. And for two hours, we sat at the computer and I filled out applications and read questionnaires for him because I don't think he could read that well. Uh, and uh, it was what I was supposed to be doing today. We talked about God. We talked about the church. We talked about just opportunities to have gospel conversations. And initially, Dan was just wanting to go get to lunch. I was still starving. By 2 o'clock, I was really starving. And I did. I finally, don't, don't worry. I got to eat. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fam, fam, famished. I mean, we're called to have compassion. And here, just look at this. He has compassion on the diseased and the afflicted. Uh, he, he has com- compassion on the broken and the worthless. Do, do you know what that means? Let me love on those that can do nothing for me. Let me help those around me that cannot be any benefit to me that I know of. Let me just do it because it's the right thing to do. Have comp- compassion. That's how we sort of learn this. God loves us with an unconditional love. Unlike my dad that said, son, I'm proud of you. You you played that game. That was the best game I've seen you play. No matter how you play the game, God's love for you, the, 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 the width and the length and the, the height and the depth doesn't change. Doesn't, it's unconditional. That means no conditions. So our love for, 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 for others needs to motivate us to share Christ, to talk about Christ, to talk about God in our lives. That's, well, how do I start? Just start talking about God in your life. Then start talking about Jesus and, and, and how he's changed your life and what he means to you. Third step, our commitment to obe- obedience motivates us. As Christians, do you know that we're called to be obedient to the word of God? This is the word of God, the Bible. If you're a believer in Jesus, John fourteen fifteen says this. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Simple. How do you know if you really love me or not? 
if you really are. I, I, I love you, God, but I'm just going to live my own way. That's not love. Hey, if I told my wife, hey, I love you, dear, but I'm just going to um, be with other women all the time, but I love you, do you think she's going to think I love her? Do I love her at that point? No. If I say I love you and you're the only one for me and you're amazing and, and that, that, that's, a, a, that's a, a love that, that doesn't break. It's, it's, a not, it's, a, it's a covenant-keeping love. Matthew 28, verses you've heard before, many in this room have heard before, it says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Obedience to Christ compels us to speak about Christ. Simple truths here. Uh, And there's truth in this phrase, and it's a cliche phrase, uh, Jesus died for me so I can live for him. Jesus died on the cross for my sins so that I could live for him, so that others could know about him. That's, That's how it works. Step four, what else motivates? The last thing we're going to talk about, the reality of hell motivates us to share Christ. Um, the world and media makes the devil out as some guy with a pitchfork and he cracks jokes and he's really smart Alec and uh, he smokes a cigar and, and does all weird stuff. They, they make this out and the devil's... And they make it out like he's cool to hang, hang, hang out with. And you hear phrases uh, from some people going, man... You and me, we're going to break hell wide open. Man, we're going to be a party in hell. Yeah, that's where I'm going. You hear people say, say this phrase. And it's so... Hell is a place of anguish and pain. Jesus talks about hell in a story. He tells a story of a rich man and a, and a, and a poor servant named Lat. Lazarus, and it's in Luke chapter 16. I want you to see Jesus' description of hell because it should make us really think, is this important for me to share? Do I want my friends or those that I love to go to this place? Do I even want those that I don't love to go to this place? Because we should have compassion on everybody. It says this in verse 22. It says that the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in it in Hades or hell, being in torment. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Do you think in that in his lifetime he would ever go, hey, Gross servant over there sitting on the ground. Put your finger in water and, and, and hold it over my mouth so I, I can suck on your finger and get some water. That's the very last thing he would ever. He'd be like, no way. Nothing's going to make me do that. And in hell, he's begging for that. Just give me a drop. Give me relief for a second. It says, but Abraham said, child, remember that in your lifetime you received your, your good things. And he's talking about how you live for yourself. But Lazarus and light men are bad things. But, but it says that he was a man that was, Lazarus was a righteous man. But now he is com- com- comforted here and you are in 
anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be, be able and none may cross from there to us. Hell is a place of torment and pain and hurt. And we don't even want our enemies to go there. If we have compassion, if we understand what Christ did for us, if Christ changed my life when I was in rebellion against him, he can change anybody's life. Second Thessalonians 1 says this, this is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be con- considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God consi- considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us. When the Lord... Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints. Hell is a bad place and hell is a real place. And the, the, the Bible talks about it more than just these, these spots, but the re, reality of hell should motivate us to do something, to say something. Some, some of you are here going, man, I just don't know where to start. Next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks in here, we're going to talk about how do you start even in sharing your faith? How do you share the gospel in sharing your faith. There's a simple thing that many of you know uh, very well, and this is the simplified version of the gospel. God created everything. He created you. He created me. He created the world. And God is without sin and without fault. But Romans 3.23, have y'all ever heard of that verse before? It says this. It says, For the wages of sin, like the the devil, is death. But, well, that's not that's not the right verse, is it? That's the wrong one. That was six twenty three. Romans three twenty three. Y'all correct me now. Six twenty three says this: for, for, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's a, everybody does for all. Have sinned. Come short. Glory of God. Okay? Okay? And there, there, there's a, a truth here. Everybody. Everybody has come short. I don't, I don't know if you ask yourself, have I sinned this past week? Have I had... Sin can be a thought of hate. A thought of self selfishness. It can be stealing a pen from the church. I don't know if that's really a sin. If not, I've got a lot of those... I got to clean my car out. Um, so, so there's all these these sins, right? For all have sinned short of the glory of God. Romans six twenty three says this: For the wages or what you earn from sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right? So doing a slow motion. For wages, like I'm pay, I'm paying you the wages of sin again is death. Bang. We shouldn't, that's probably not very politically correct to do nowadays. Bang. Bang. 
uh, is death. But, we point here real quick, because that's the only way we can do a but. But, uh, and don't do like a turn all the way around but, because that would be obscene. Okay, but the gift of God, like I'm giving you a gift, is eternal life through J Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, so, 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 if we all sin and the wages of sin is death, what do we do? John fourteen six, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to, to the Father but by me." Okay, that's what he said, right? So, so Jesus said, I, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me." There's no other ways to Him. Jesus lived a life without sin because we could not live a perfect life, and He died as a sacrifice for us on the cross. Romans ten thirteen says, "For all who call on the name of the Lord shall be." Saved. All who call, believe in Jesus Christ shall be saved. We know this verse like this. It says, for all who call. Call, call. I know, like, like a crow. I don't know why we do that. Call on the name of the Lord shall be. You're throwing a life, a ring vest to someone. You're on a boat that's safe there in the water about to drown. Shall be. You throw it out. It's, it's really hot. It hits. Pff, saved. Okay, that, that's what happened. You're taking a life vest throwing it out, and they shall be saved, right? So let's do this. For all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, okay? That is the gospel. That is scripture that explains your faith. So many of you know this so much more than you, you think you do. We're going to be doing that. I know for, if, if you're a guest here, I'm sorry. We are just strange. I know it. I know it. But we're strange and proud. Um, that's the gospel, the message. So question one, are you facing your fears? And what motivates you to share your faith? God's love for us. God lo- no. I don't care how you came in here this week. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done wrong in your life. You go, God could never forgive me. You don't understand how great and how big and how wide the grace and the love of God is. Because we have, some in this room have messed up in mighty, mighty ways. But God says, I love you. And when we turn to faith to him, when we trust in him, he takes that sin and it's placed on the son. And that burden, I don't know about you, but when I was 16, and I put my faith in Christ for the first time, and, 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 and I asked him to forgive me of my sins, a burden that I'd felt from as long as I could remember was gone like that. There's still burdens in this life I feel, but that sin burden that I felt, I've never felt again. It's amazing, and I want you to understand and experience the love of Christ. Let's pray, and we're going to be dismissed tonight. Dear God, we thank you so much uh, just for the chance to talk about your truth uh, and the God, the gospel, Lord. And I just ask that you'll help us to be motivated, uh, that we understand your love for us, that we will have a love for, for uh, others, that we will take seriously the call to obedience. And God, that we will understand that hell is real. And God, may it compel us to not stop talking about you. Thanks for every student in this room.
If there's anybody with questions, God, just uh, give us opportunities to talk. Uh, and uh, may they not be afraid just to, to, to come up and ask what it means to put, put their faith in you. Uh, uh, thanks for every student here. Bless them this week. Uh, may we honor you with our lives. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.